Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dan from Unschooling with Kai. I'm here, of course, with Kai, Kai, man, and we actually have a guest today. Uh, our friend Dietrich. Dietrich, do you want to say what's up? Hey. Hey. Uh, so Dietrich's our friend uh, probably for about a year or so now. Yeah. Um, we go on a bunch of play dates with him, right, Dietrich? Yeah. Um, and Dietrich is, he's kind of a really cool guest today because he was the one that first kind of taught us about Sarbomba. Sarbomba, right? That's uh, that's what today's podcast is going to be on. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Ananya when when she visited. Like when we did our yeah, last yeah. one, yeah. Uh huh. The cats podcast. So Dietrich, do you like Sarbomba? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, right? Um, you've watched a bunch of videos on it, right? Mhm. And yeah. we picked today, Dietrich, because today is October thirtieth, two thousand twenty. And today is the day before Halloween, but that's not why it's important. Why is it important today, Kai? Because this is the day that they dropped the bomb. So happy Sarbama Day! Yay! Happy Sarbama Day! Yeah! And today is like the 59th anniversary. Yeah, I was like, I was like 60 and I was like, oh, I was so close. It was one number below. (laughs) You were very close to guessing it, yeah. Uh, We're not really excited about the fact that they dropped the nuclear bomb, but it's just kind of interesting, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like, ooh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, it wasn't a great idea. So first, we're going to do an update. Our, our first podcast we did on tardigrades, yeah. and we read a really cool news article about tardigrades. And basically, they, um, they discovered a new species like a week ago. A new species. Yeah, like two weeks ago, I think. Right. right yeah. Like October 13th, there was an article. Basically, there is a tardigrade that has like fluorescent particles in its skin, like a fl- fluorescent coating um on like a fluorescent shield and it uses this to survive uh lethal uv radiation and what they did the scientists this was really cool they took like they scraped they extracted the the fluorescent pigments and they put it on like different um smaller animals like earthworms and like ants or i don't know i don't know what the other thing is h exemplaris but they also did it on an earthworm and what they found was those animals had like a like a 200% rate of surviving um, UV radiation as opposed to those that didn't have like those uh, UV shields. So pretty cool. Wait, wait, can we just get, can we just scrape off it again? And then we can just go to the score, store, it's only $5, and then you can put it on your skin. And like a would, paint? Yeah, and it would only take like 10 minutes. We do have a kind of a UV uh, radiation paint, don't we? It's called sunscreen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but that would be cool if you had like a, a, a shield. Yeah, and it wouldn't get washed off if you're like taking a bath or a shower. Dietrich, would you want like a UV shield? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, back to Sarbama. Back to Sarbama. So, like, what is it? Uh, Dietrich, do you want to start? Do you want to just tell us, like, kind of what you think the Sarbama is? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Sarbama, it was, like, the, 
I'm pretty sure there was like a guy in the plane that they launched it from, mm-hmm. and then the plane was out of control, and then he needed to get out of the plane. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if he jumped out of the plane, but it was definitely dropped from a plane. Do you know what country dropped it or what, uh, where it came from? Uh, it came from... I forget. You forget? Kai, what, where did it come from? Do you remember? It came from the Soviet Union, but now it's Russia. Right, so it would be, it would be considered the Soviet Union back then. Yeah, um, yeah. The date that it was dropped, again, was October 30th, 1961. Um, what kind of bomb was it? Do either of you know? It was a nuclear bomb. It was. It definitely was a nuclear bomb. And why, why is the Sar Bomba such a, um, such a unique bomb? Why is it so different from other bombs? It's... Go ahead, Deej. It, it was... The biggest detonated bomb there ever was. Right, and probably like ever will be, right? Yeah. Hopefully. In, in, unless there's like a World War Three, they would they would they would make like a a bigantic bomb. Bunge bigantic. A gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Uh. Do either of you know how many like megatons that it was? Uh. Specifically. No. Do you know, Deej? No. No, Kai. 50 megatons. Yeah, they, when they designed it, it was going to be 50, 50 megatons, right? But, and, then, and then Castle Bravo was, it was, they planned it to be 5 megatons, but it was 15. Right, so Castle Bravo was the one that the U.S. did, like the biggest one that the U.S. did. Yeah, um, the biggest nuclear bomb. Yeah, and this test, did people know about it, or was it like a secret? Like, ha- like was it, was Russia talking about it before they did it? No, they, it, they kept it secret. Yeah, this definitely was a secret test. Um, like Dietrich said, it was dropped from a plane, and it was during, um, this, is, this is a little trickier part, but it was during the Cold War, and this was basically um, a struggle between U.S. and the um, Soviet Union, the USSR. But why did they call it Cold War? I actually don't know. We could probably look that up. Yeah. Huh? Uh-huh. Cold War. Why is it called the Cold War? Um, but basically, they were going back and forth, um, and they were both. Um, this wasn't the whole uh, struggle, but basically, they were both sides were testing bigger and bigger uh, nuclear bombs. It's kind of scary, right? Yeah. And we were worried that they they were gonna one of us was gonna drop a nuclear bomb on the other one, and it would be like a nuclear war. What do you think about that, Dietrich? What if we had like a nuclear war right now? That would be crazy. What, in 2020? Yeah, 2020. Nuclear war. Post-pandemic world, nuclear war. World War Three. World War Three. Kill all. Kill, kill all <laughs> the coronavirus. Oh my god. Um, the bombs would kill all the coronavirus. Dietrich, do you know where they dropped it? Like what, what kind of a place? Uh, they dropped it in like a... Um, like a island they tested it but actually well they tested it they didn't know people lived there people actually lived where they tested it but they didn't know oh that's crazy so it yeah it definitely was a remote island um 
And I know that people live there at one point, but it's possible because I heard, I did remember watching like a video where they said that some people actually were on the island. Yeah, I think there was like a fisherman like with like in a 30 mile radius and he was like fishing. That's crazy. And he felt like the blast or something. Imagine being that fisherman. That would be crazy. That would give me the... You'd probably would... have like cancer like within yeah. a couple days or radiation poisoning yeah or or you could just jump into the water and then go down 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 and then get eaten by shark <laughs> you, could, you could just risk your life to do that all right uh so that's pretty much what the the general sarbama is so uh sarbamba uh dietrich what what were you saying that that like means King. The king, like the king of bombs, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we looked this up. I saw this on Wikipedia. There's other things, uh, other large Russian objects. Kai, what were they? Um, Sar Cannon and Sar Bell. Both of them are in Moscow. Moscow, Moscow right? Yeah, and they're really big. Like the, the cannon? cannon is like 27 feet long or something like that. 17, oh. 27. No, I think you're mixing up the bomb with the cannon. Maybe I am. But it was really long. Yeah. And then the bell was like the the height of like a two-story house. Yeah, huge. So they they were already using this word SAR. And SAR actually, like like Dietrich is saying, is like kind of means like the, the king. king or the supreme ruler yeah. of a certain area uh -huh. um, or a certain country. So SAR Bamba is definitely like the king of the bombs, yeah, uh -huh. right? Um, and I don't know if they, I don't know if they came up with that name right away. I don't think that was like uh, immediately what they were calling it. I think it came, it became coined as a term afterwards. Like SR-227 or something? Yeah, so here's a bunch of other names. Do you know any other names off the top of your head, Kai? I know the CIA in America, they, they said um, it was Joe-111. That's, Joe 111 or yeah. J-O-E 111, right? Anything else that you remember? Um, How about the code names? Do you remember? No? All right. There was a code name Ivan oh, yeah. and a code name Vanya. That was like two names for it. And then, oh, and then Kruska's mother. Yeah, Kruska's mother or Kuzma's mother, which... The Kuzma's mother is like kind of a saying in Russia that means that you're going to teach someone a lesson. So basically, it was an idea that Russia was going to teach us a lesson. <laughs> it's kind of scary, right? Yeah. Um, then there was also uh, Project 7000, RDS 220. That's what I was talking about. RDS 220. That was like the name for most of the bombs that they were creating, kind of similar to that. Yeah. Where it was like a three layered uh -huh. bomb. Yeah, but um, actually, they put. Right, then they switched it later. Code 202, product V, AN602, which made me think of AN, what's that plane? The, the Antonov AN1. Right. So, AN225. The, so that's what it made me think yeah. of. And then Big Ivan was another name. And then the, I think in the US we called it the Russian monster bomb or something. Also, also Joe 111. Yeah, Joe 111, like you said. Bomba was a nuclear bomb. Uh, Dietrich, what like what do you know about nuclear bombs? Well, they split an atom in half. 
Yeah. I don't understand how it works. You don't really know how it works. It's kind of crazy, and it took Kai and I a really, like, a long time to, like, kind of yeah. understand it, right? Yeah, so, like, you are 35 particles, and then you are 23 particles hit or something. So that's, like, uranium, right? Yeah, uranium. So there's this part. Basically, there's two kinds of nuclear bombs, uh, Dietrich. There's fission bombs and there's fusion bombs. Mm -hmm. um, one, Dietrich, what you said was like you knock something apart, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, those would be fission. And fission is what happens exactly what Kai was saying with uranium. Mm -hmm. And uranium, for example, is one kind of a, um, a nuclear... What, what's the word I'm looking for? Like... <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm looking for. Um, it's basically, it's an unstable element. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. And it can, um, if you pull it apart, um, if you get something that pulls it apart, basically it loses a little bit of its mass mm -hmm. and that mass comes out as energy. Mm -hmm. And that energy is crazy strong. Yeah, it, it's like it's like there's only zero point one percent of it is pulled out to make like energy, but it's really strong. It's like enormously right. strong. So Dietrich, like in the Sarbamba, they they pulled apart some they pulled apart some atoms and they actually pushed apart other atoms. Mm -hmm. um, and the total mass of it, let's say the mass was a hundred percent the total mass that turned into energy mm -hmm. for that huge bomb was only 0.1%. Is like that I right? Was saying, yeah, like 0.1%. Yeah. So imagine, imagine how strong, like how strong that bomb was. And it was only 0.1% of that bomb of the mass of that bomb was turned into energy. Imagine if a hundred percent of the mass of that bomb was turned into energy. That would like blow the whole earth apart. That's crazy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a huge explosion, Dietrich? Yeah. And what if, if the atoms were big? Oh, my goodness. What if they were like, yeah, what if they had even more atoms or they had like even more unstable atoms? Oh, my goodness. It would be like, it would, it would like erupt the whole solar system. It would be like, <laughs> boom, boom. It would be like boom. stronger than the sun. You, you would hear it from like in space, even though space doesn't even have any air or sound. You would even hear you it. You would still hear it. Yeah, you would still hear it. Like. <laughs> All right. So two kinds of uh, nuclear bombs, right? Mm -hmm. Fission, which is, for example, uranium, which they use in power plants. Right? When like, they make like a nuclear, nuclear energy. Yeah, nuclear energy. Yeah. Uh -huh. But then there's also fusion. And fusion, for example, with hydrogen, they that's like what happens where? In our sun. In our sun. Yeah. So fusion is, if you Things think of the word. pulled apart. Or, no, no, um, put together. Right, like fusing. So yeah. that's when you have two atoms, two smaller atoms that are getting pushed together and, and becoming it, and a bigger one. And it, like, one. makes helium. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what's happening in the sun right now. So the, the SAR bomba was actually mainly a hydrogen bomb, and I, it was a one of but like, it also had like fission happening as well. Yeah, but it was, it was like one of the cleanest bombs. Yeah, and that's, again, this is a little bit over our heads of how that worked. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later for yeah. sure. Um, but this bomb, um, basically, 
Uh, and here, this is, answers your question a little bit more, Dietrich. You're like, well, how do they break apart or how do they get pushed together? The breaking apart happens when you throw one small subatomic particle, and I think it was a neutron or yeah. a proton. Maybe they started it with a proton. You hit one atom with it and it breaks it apart yeah. and when that breaks apart like two or three neutrons get thrown out of that yeah. and it breaks apart other ones and it's this crazy chain reaction and then and then so here's here's the big atom and here's the small proton and it's coming it hits make two more atoms hits makes like three more atoms hits makes three more atoms and then it keeps going and, and keeps this going. all happens in like a picosecond like a nanosecond right yeah like it's like, so quick yeah so, so one atom hits the, the big, the, or the, the neutron hits the big atom and then it makes a chain reaction and, and then it makes, it goes up to a really big explosion instead of an explosion the size of this table. Right. It's much big, much bigger. Yeah. But the thing is that with all these like neutrons bouncing around, they actually don't bounce too much. They go right through other things. Like they even go through metal or bone or skin, mm -hmm. um, which is why you can get radiation sickness mm -hmm. because it can enter your body like through your skin. So mm -hmm. they have to get a special mirror on the inside of the bomb compartment to kind of contain all the neutrons. Um, and then to get even a little bit more crazy is what happens is with this, um, when you have, what they'll do is they'll have a certain amount of, let's just say that we're talking about uranium. They'll have a certain amount of uranium that's kept. Once you get a certain amount of radium, it's called a, uh, a critical mass. Radium? Uranium. <laughs> um, it'll be a critical mass. And once it's a critical mass, it can, be, it can like explode at any point, which is dangerous, uh -uh. right? So what they do is they it's, separate it's, it. It's kind of like... It's kind of like when you when you pull a grenade, it could explode at any second. Like exactly. In your hand. Yeah, like so, when you pull the pin, right? Mm -hmm. You pull up the lock, and then if you keep holding it, it might explode in your hand, and then you're right. Really broken. So they use the the initial explosions to kind of put those two subcritical masses together, so mm -hmm. it's a critical mass, and then it could like explode right away. Yeah. So. Just like I said, if you pull the pin on a um, a grenade and you're still holding it in your hand, it might explode at any second. So, kind of crazy. So you want to throw it as soon as possible. Dietrich, or, what do you think? Is that a does that help you understand a little bit, or is it still kind of crazy? It's still kind of crazy. Still kind of crazy, right? And we might be a little bit wrong on some of that. We're not like um, nuclear <laughs> physicists nuclear, or. Yeah. Scientists, uh, yeah, or... scientists, really, really high tech guys that go into a B fifty two bomber and then fix all that stuff up. And but that sounds really up. interesting. Yeah. To you, right? <laughs> all right, so that's fission versus fusion. All right, so we wanted to talk about Castle Bravo. Kai, what's Castle Bravo? That's the U.S.'s biggest bomb, not Sarbama. It's the U.S. U.S. is not, not, not. Um, Russians or or Soviet. Right. The Castle Bravo um, was a bomb that we dropped in nineteen. Uh, no, we detonated. I don't think. I don't know if we dropped it. Was it from a plane? I really don't know. Wait, can a bomb be dropped from like a boat? Or a... It can be dropped from a building because that's what they did in a lot of like the testing. They just drop it and it 
hits or something. Or or they just keep it up in a tower and then they detonate it remotely. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know exactly how it was detonated or from what it was dropped, if it was. Um, but basically, seven years before Tsar Bomba, um, 1954, it was the largest uh, bomb before Tsar Bomba. And they had predicted, what did the scientists predict how big it was going to be, Kai? Five megatons, but it pre- it, it turned out to be 15 megatons. 15 megatons, yeah, which, which is, is a lot. Huge. If we're talking about, like, for example, Hiroshima, Kai, uh, uh, Dietrich, do you, do you remember, the, like, the Hiroshima bomb and, like, the Nagasaki bomb? No. Okay, so in World War Two, we dropped... Um, the first atomic bomb was dropped... From a B-29. Right, yeah, so... Wait, first atomic bomb dropped anywhere, like, on... Earth? Like, on purposely against people. Oh, so that's... A, it was Hiroshima, and then after that, that Nagasaki. That, that, that was, like, that was, like, two or three kilotons. Not megatons, kilotons. Yeah, it was kilotons, actually... If you, if you do a thousand kilotons, that would equal one megaton. Right, so Hiroshima was 15 kilotons, which is, is still, it's a lot. Yeah. And if we think about the amount of damage that happened, I mean, you, we're talking about not only the radiation, but how much of the city exploded when it was dropped on it. Uh-huh, um, totally flattened. Uh, and then Nagasaki as well, that was 21 kilotons. And that was 1945, but then fast forward to 1954, the... Castle Bravo was 15 megatons, not kilotons. So if we're talking like kilobytes versus megabytes, you're right, Kai. It's like yeah. a thousand times. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna be like, uh, like a, a gigabyte. It, if you do a thousand gigabytes, it's gonna be a megabyte. No, so it would be kilo, and then mega, and then giga. If there was a gigaton bomb, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. That would be a thousand megatons. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to not get too crazy, the Castle Bravo one was dropped in the Marshall Islands. Do you remember which island it was? That was. Um, we looked this up on the globe. Uh, hold on, hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, it was. It was like Bonte something reef. <laughs> I'm or, giving it to you. Ready? It's, it was. It was Bikini Atoll. Uh, <laughs> so this one again they only expected five megatons which was crazy but then it wound up being 50 megatons yeah. and you said what kind of a bomb was it because of so much um radiation was like leaked out it was a dirty bomb uh, it was really dirty uh, there was so much radiation fallout and because they didn't expect to be it to be such a big blast there were people that got radiation poisoning and uh-huh. died like immediately like when, like, like that, where there was um, Japanese sailors that were close by. That two of them died, like close to, like within a day or something. Um, there were people that were observing it from like thirty miles away that actually got scorched and like blown off their feet. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and 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 they were, and it felt like I think one of like the fishermen that was fishing close by, he was like, it felt like a blowtorch was on his. It, it, like his skin a, or something. Yeah, it, it, a blowtorch like hit his arm. Right, because the Navy was there. The U.S. Navy was there watching it, right? Yeah, why? To to observe it, like you oh. know, for scientific purposes. 
but they actually got hit with like that radiation. Hmm. And then for a long time, there was a fight for getting like free healthcare, like to be like, hey, US government, you have to pay for our medical bills because we have cancer now from the radiation. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just crazy amounts of bad things happening from that test, that simple test, Castle Bravo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a bunch of people that lived on um in the marshall islands that they had to after three days they were like the radiation is crazy here we have to remove you and then after a year or so they brought them back and then they were like wow hold on the radiation is still crazy and then nobody lived there after that and i don't know if that was the marshall islands because i think people still kind of live like live in the the marshall islands there's a lot of islands there but i think nearby islands people like don't live there anymore what if we just went there and we found like enormous amounts of radiation like they just dropped a bomb a week ago (laughs) that would be bad then we we might die right yeah um so that was castle bravo and it was a big uh mess up by the u.s um but then fast forward seven years and here we have the Sar Bomba. Okay. Um, but next we're going to talk about the location where they dropped the Sar Bomba. So Dietrich, you were saying that they dropped the bomb on like this remote Island, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, Kai, do you, uh, well, do you know where the Island was in, um, in relation to like Russia, where it is now? Me? I guess anybody. <laughs> Dietrich, do you know where the island was? No. No. Kai, what, do you, because we, we looked at this a bunch of times, right? Um, it was in the, it was, they dropped it on Sukhoi Nas. Sukhoinas, which is a cape, right? What do you mean a cape? Cape means like a little part that sticks out from oh. somewhere into the ocean. Okay, and then and then that was on Severny Island. Right. And the Severny Island was in in um. This is a hard name. So many Russian words here. Severny Island. It wasn't that. I'll give you the first sound of it. No. no. Novaya Zemlya. Novaya Zemlya Archipelago. Yeah. Um, and that, that island. island and yeah, the island, Dietrich, Severny Island, it's north of the mainland of Russia. So it's above yeah. it, kind of almost in the Arctic, like close to the Arctic Circle or in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. And then the plane took off from. Kind of the mainland of Russia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But we're not going to tell you that. That's for the planes, the next part. That's the secret part, yeah. All right. Um, they chose the island because it was so remote. Um, well, there's some interesting history about the island. Um, in, let's see, in 1872, there was, Sweden was kind of hanging around the island trying to like, populate it. it or, yeah, take uh-huh. it over. And then they put, like... And then Russia did what? They put, like tribes on it they put like they purposely transplanted people onto the island but it wasn't just like regular russian people it was like indigenous tribes mm-hmm. like, like people like they native, just native americans right they like just took advantage of these people and put them on the island on this really cold and barren island uh-huh. and then the people wound up living there 
for like 75 years, uh, over 75 years, up until the 1950s. And then Russia was, well, Soviet Union was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to ask you guys to leave now yeah, because we're going to start doing some nuclear tests. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but come on. America did a lot of that type of stuff anyway. Yeah. Like so. all of America was covered with Native Americans before. Yeah. And then they're like, European hey, settlers. you have to go back to Europe and then make your home here. We're going to make our home here. Yeah. Or they just pushed them off or, yeah. or killed them. Right. All right. So what happened after they moved these people off the island? And I hope it was after they moved the people off the island that they started doing the nuclear mm-hmm. testing. How many tests do you remember that they said they did before um, the Tsar Bomba? Like 200. Something like. 220. Yeah, I think there was a, that's what they were saying. Like 220 tests on um, this just one small I, remote island. Uh-huh. Well, it's not small. It was a roughly big island. Yeah, it was about the size of like Sweden. Um, but again, Dietrich, like what you were saying, like people actually did still live on there, right? Yeah. And that might be like a contested fact, but I did hear that on a couple of videos, that especially when the Sarbama went off, people were like, they're fishing and stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, when, remember when I said the guy that, that, um, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. <laughs> when, when, when the, when the guy was like fishing and he was like fishing and he, and he like, that the blast like hit him. Oh, okay. Like, not not the Castle Bravo one, like. But that doesn't necessarily mean he was living there because he could have been fishing from the mainland too. Yeah, and some like, fishing still... boats go pretty far to get fish. Yeah, like how far? I don't know, man. All right, so next part we're gonna talk about is the plane, and actually oh. there's two of them. Yeah. The last, the last time that we were like that, like before. Before the last time we were recording, I actually thought that we were recording. Wait, what are you saying? The last, before the last time we were recording, I thought we were recording, but we weren't actually. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of confusing, confusing what we're doing. All right, so next section, we're going to talk about planes, okay? Okay. All right, so the planes... Um, and I say planes because there were two planes. Basically, there was one main plane that dropped the bomb, uh-huh. right? And um, then the other plane that was like the filming plane. Yeah, this was like the observation plane. They put a bunch of instruments on it to like kind of measure stuff. No, no, no. I um, think that was on the, the plane that dropped the bomb. There were instruments on both of them. Yeah. But there were most of the instruments on the, the observation plane. But Kai, since you're like a plane aficionado, what plane um, was carrying the Sarbama? Tupolev Tu-95 Bear. The Tupolev Tu-95 Bear. They modified it. All right, so hold on. Before we talk about how they modified it, it was made in 1956. What kind of a plane was it? It was a bomber, and it was a four-engine turboprop bomber. Four-engine turboprop, and prop means what? Um, propeller. So there was basically four engines, four engines with propellers on the front. Um, it was a long-range strategic Soviet and bomber, it, right? And it could go, it could go um, range fifteen thousand kilometers. Fifteen thousand kilometers, which is, is that? that's like nine thousand four hundred miles. So is that like almost all the way around the world? Man, I don't know because 
the US is 3000 miles and it's three times that. So maybe at least halfway around the world or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but if they had aerial refueling at the time, they would just go all the way around the world. Which they did. Really? When did aerial refueling start? I don't know, like 19-something-something. 19-something. All right. Well, I'm guessing that they did, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't. Um, How about the wings? Talk to me about the the Bears wings, the TU-95 wings. Oh, they were swept. That's what. They and what's that mean, swept? Is that like when you clean up the floor? Yeah. yeah that's when... <laughs> no, what are swept wings? Um, it's when it's it's not when the wings are just directly pointing out, like straight, like they're... flat out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but they're they're like a little bit slanted back. Almost like a paper airplane, how yeah. it's like kind of triangular. Yeah. Yeah. The the wings, kind of like I think they have that on like a seven forty seven or something. Swept wings. Yeah. And some planes have swept wings where they start more straight. Yeah. And then they can go back when they need to go faster. Yeah, like like an F-14 Tomcat. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Those are so cool. But this is not one of those. It doesn't have movable wings. And, and, some, and some, yeah, some fighter just have just like stable wings. They can't move their... Right. Yeah. And again, this is just a bomber. Yeah. Um, what about the max speed of this guy? Kai is currently reading from our military aircraft tanks and warships visual encyclopedia. Um, how is the weight dimensions? No, I don't know if this one lists the max speed. No. Oh, here it is. It's right here. Maximum speed. Um, fourteen. Oh, kilometers. nine hundred twenty. Nine hundred twenty kilometers per hour. That's five hundred seventy-five miles. Per 575 miles per hour, which isn't, yeah, it's fast, but it's not like fighter jet fast. Yeah, fighter jets can go like a thousand. Yeah, or or more. Okay, so then you said um, they had to modify this plane. Dietrich, do you know why they had to modify it? No. No? Okay. So think about this. You have a A, bomb. Like an eight meter long bomb. Yeah, this bomb is crazy big. Uh-huh. It's a SAR bomb, right? Yeah, so it's it's the and bomb. not only is it big in terms of like the I guess the dimensions, but it's big in terms of the weight mm-hmm. because it's like what, like twenty seven, twenty eight yeah, tons. Yeah, around there. Yeah, and the parachute that's low. They put a parachute on it, and that parachute alone weighs a ton. A, a ton, yeah, almost a ton for the parachute alone. It's crazy. Yeah. Dietrich, have you seen the video of it, like, dropping out of the back or dropping from the plane? Yeah. So, if the parachute was a ton, why would it work like a parachute? Because I think the fact that it's a ton, it was, like, so big. The parachute itself is so big. So wide that that it it caught a lot of air. But the fact that it was so much material means that it was a ton. Of weight. A lot. Yeah. And then they um they modified it. They modified the Tupolev TU. Why did they modify it, Kai? Because the you have this very big bomb, like twenty eight tons, and if you put a twenty eight ton bomb on the the SAR bomb on like a normal Tupolev TU ninety five, it's gonna be like twice its weight. 
it's going to be too much weight. So they definitely had to strip a lot of the stuff yeah, out of there. Like the Bombay doors and the Bombay doors and the the fuselage fuel tanks. Yeah, they actually removed a bunch of the fuel tanks because remember this was a long range bomber. Yeah. But they didn't really have to go long range. They were still kind of hanging out in it's Russia. It's like 600 miles away, so it's not that far. Yeah, it wasn't that bad at all. And normally, this plane has armaments, which are what? Um, what, what are armaments mean? Uh, armament means, like, not bombs. Armaments means, like, projectiles. Like it could be bombs. It, 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 yeah, it could be anything that's, like... Um, Explosive? Explosive or ammunition or things that can be shot. Yeah. Or dropped. So, so armament armament is like a missile or a laser or a anything or any, a gun or a bullet or a bomb. Yeah, right. anything. So, what are the normal armaments for the Tupolev Tu ninety five? Um, two twenty three millimeter AM twenty three cannon, up to fifteen thousand kilograms or thirty three thousand pounds of bombs. Or anti-surface or anti-shipping missiles. Yeah, or missiles, yeah. So they, obviously, all these armaments, they didn't need them. Yeah, because they weren't, like, in a big war that, like... They weren't fighting anybody. They were just doing a... And and this bomb isn't even useful because you have this big bomber that's already kind of slow. And then you add this 28-ton bomb, hook it up onto the back, and... It would be so slow. So slow. It would be so yeah, slow, it, right? Yeah, it would, it would be, like, shot down in, like, an hour, so. Yeah. Not even useful bomb. Um, so they, the, the bomb was actually hooked underneath it. It yeah. wasn't even, it like, was too big to actually fit into the bomb bay, right? Yeah. Have you seen that, Dietrich, where, like, they're, I, I don't remember, because I watched the video, like, a bunch of different videos, but did you see it kind of hanging out underneath the plane itself? No. Yeah, I can't remember if I... Do you remember if you've seen that, kind Where it's, like, kind of hanging out underneath the plane? Yeah, yeah. You've seen that? Yeah, and, and remember the video where he the, the guy was like, here's where the plane took off, Golden Peninsula, and then he flew all the way around the destination. Right, he was talking about yeah. geographically and then, speaking. And then go poo, 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 and then go back <laughs> in there, and then pew, pew, pew. So he showed a video of it where you saw the plane hang... Or the bomb hanging out under the plane? Yeah, he was like... He was like, here's the TU-95, and um, he, like, showed the bomb under Underneath the, it. Yeah. What are the dimensions of the plane? Like, how... Span 50... Uh, oh, length, 49 meters. And then the bomb itself... Was, like, 8 meters. 8 meters, so... so that, that's about, like, this big. Okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. All right, and then, um, so there's other modifications that they did to the plane. On the back of it... They, Instead they, of like that gun that put, they have, like the um the like the back gunner, they they put instruments. They put some instruments to measure kind of the blast, um, and then what they did, what they do with the paint job, and why? They put white reflective coat, so it doesn't like it. It didn't like damage the plane. Yeah, they, like for example, the heat damage or like UV um, rays that were coming. Uh-huh. from the bomb. But they also did that with the observation plane. Yeah, the Tupolev TU-16R Badger K. The Tupolev TU-16 Badger. And it's not necessarily the R or the K. That's like the specific one in our book. Um, But that was the observer plane. So they painted that one with that special white paint as well. Um, 
the final run included i don't know if you if you heard about this but how many people were in the plane nine yeah okay nine crew members including the major like kind of the head of that uh mission andre ergarovich dernofstev that's you, a long name. As, yeah, Andre, a lot. I get mixed up with Andre Zakharov. Erdogan, so. <laughs> oh right, yeah, and then Dernofstev. The plane took off from where? When when it was actually they were doing the run. Um, Kola Peninsula. Kola it was, Peninsula. It was, it was it was on the Russian mainland. It wasn't like a separate island. Yeah, and then from the island, the island is like kind of north of the mainland. But where is the Kola Peninsula? It's in. If you can give a direction. From the island. Kind of. Wait, what? So, like, if you're on the Kola Peninsula, which way is the island? Yeah, which way do you have to go? Sure. So, that's, like, northeast. Northeast, right. So, the Kola Peninsula was, like, southwest of uh-huh. the island. And then, and the mushroom cloud, when they dropped the bomb, the mushroom cloud was, like, Seven times the height of Mount Everest. All right, you're jumping ahead, man. Oh, man. It's really interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, also, with this plane, they needed a really long runway for to to hand, to be able to get fast enough with the weight of the bomb to get off. Yeah, like two miles. To get airborne, basically. That was like two miles long. Yeah, kind of crazy. All right, the next part, we're going to talk about the development of the SAR bomb. Yeah. All right, so the development of the Tsar Bomba. We did look up Cold War, because this was right in the middle of the Cold War. If, if, if and it's, the, what that means is it's past World War One, past World War Two. Cold War means that both, both sides, both, both countries or both continents or what, both anything, they were afraid of fighting each other in a hot war. Like directly. Yeah, in a hot war, a nuclear nuclear um a nuclear bomb might destroy everything yeah that's dangerous so everybody was afraid of like dropping or yeah dropping a nuclear bomb so that's why cold war and my my guess was because russia is cold (laughs) (laughs) i was way wrong yeah all right so cold war tensions were pretty high between uh the ussr um who was the leader of ussr at that point kai Nikita Khrushchev. Um, And the U.S. And you know what? I can't even remember who the U.S. president was at that point. Harriet Truman? Ronald Reagan? I think it was Ronald Reagan. Reagan was like in the 70s. We're talking, yeah. Yeah, all right. So I'm not sure. Um, Feel free to give us that information uh, if any of you listeners know off the top of your heads. Um... But, so with the development of this, basically, both sides were testing a bunch of nuclear bombs, Uh right? Like crazy. Yeah. And that's really dangerous, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were just trying to, like, outdo each other. The same way that they were trying to outdo each other with the space race. Trying to make it to the moon first, right? Yeah, and then America won that one. America. But the USSR, they sent the first satellite. Yeah. um... Oh, why am I forgetting the name now? The... Space? <laughs> my goodness. The, what is this? a very Russian it's, sounding it's, it's It's the size of a basketball. This big. Was it? Yeah. Uh, I'm so embarrassed that I can't remember the name of it's, it. It's 
Punkly. Dietrich, do you know the name of the first like uh, satellite that went in orbit from the USSR? No. Oh my goodness. I think it's like Punkly. I, I'm going to have to look it up and I'm going to be so upset. All right. So anyway, um, 1949 um, was when USSR started, like they did their first nuclear um, test. Uh-huh. Wait, hold on. In Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan. Wait, um, when, when there was like, uh, there was like, uh, American versus Russia or so American versus Soviet Union, um, like race where there was like submarines that could launch missiles and then, and, and the, and the Russian, Russia went first. They, they had to pull their, um, submarine up to the surface and then launch the missile but 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 it would be vulnerable to fighters but so america put like a pressurized like they did it underwater like a holding cell for the missile yeah this was probably much later because again with the sarbama they had to drop it with a plane Mm -hmm. but then we're talking like maybe five or ten years later they started thinking about missiles and attack uh, attaching nuclear warheads to the missiles yeah, okay. Is that making sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, so then uh, lots of bombs being tested, uh, a crazy amount of bombs. Um, and it didn't matter because they had what were called like moratorium agreements. And moratorium pretty much translates to like a stop. Like, hey, let's agree to stop testing nuclear bombs. Yeah. But even though both sides said like for a couple of years were like, hey, let's stop testing. They were both testing nuclear bombs still. still. So again, ridiculous. Um, who was the mastermind kind of scientist on the Russian side? Um, Andrei Zakharov. Andrei Zakharov, uh, spelled with an S, but definitely has that Z, yeah. Z sound, right? Um, he worked on various designs, like various versions of his bombs from 1954 to 1961. Um, and the final bomb was ordered by who? Um... What do you mean? Who who said I want you to make that final bomb? Andrei Zakharov. No, that was the scientist. He was the one that was making it, right? Oh, um, Nikita Khrushchev. <laughs> yeah, right. Nikita Khrushchev, the the premier, the head of USSR at that point. Like the like the um like the president. And they had a certain amount of time to like make that bomb, right? <laughs> how how long did it take them? What, like, do you remember how many weeks? Yeah. Um, 16 weeks. That's right. 16 weeks. They, they wanted to put it, they, they wanted to do it with like a three layer cake. It's not not like a cake that you eat on your birthday. It's like a, uh, like, like uranium on the outside, the uranium in the middle and uranium on the outside again. Yeah. There was definitely three layers and each layer, again, when I think of three layers, I think of one exploding and then the next exploding and the next exploding. But really, it's like, even though they're one after another, it's so quick that we couldn't even tell the difference. Yeah, so the timing has to be really precise, Mm -hmm. like exact. Because if one goes off a little too early or in the wrong direction or anything like that, Mm -hmm. then what happens is it doesn't explode correctly and it could create a lot more nuclear fallout all that radiation and whatnot. Oh, so, so their bomb was actually really precise. So, so, so it was like they, they, for the three layered cake, they, they, 
they wanted it to be a hundred megatons, but then they were like, "Well, no," and then they scaled it down to fifty megatons and put the and put lead in the middle section. Kind of right. So basically, their first design was a hundred megaton bomb. Um, That's a lot. And they were like, wow, this is going to be great because it, it definitely is going to be like the biggest bomb ever. Mm -hmm. um, but then the scientist, Zakharov, was like, hold on, hold on, pump the brakes. Um, we can't feasibly test this and have people survive. Or, you know what, like the, the plane that's dropping this, if that bomb goes off, it's going to kill everybody in that plane. The plane's going to crash and there's going to be like nuclear fallout across Russia. That's not a, that's not a good experiment, right? Yeah. Um so we're going to have to cut this down and what they did and again, I'm not like 100% sure. I'm not a scientist, a nuclear scientist. Yeah, so nuclear I know what they did was instead of including a uranium tamper, um they changed it to a lead tamper. Uh-huh. Like a lead in the middle. Ooh, I don't know if it's in the middle. And I looked at diagrams and I tried my best to understand it, but I just don't get it. Um, but basically, by switching uranium to lead, they cut it down 50%. So instead uh -huh. of a 100, kilo, uh, 100 megaton bomb, it wound up being, they predicted a 50 megaton, yeah, right? A five and a zero. Yeah. Um, and what that did... That, along with the parachute, that super heavy parachute that, that we were talking about, the one-ton one, right? Isn't that crazy, um, Dietrich? It's yeah, the crazy. one ton, it would seem like it would just fall. <laughs> right? It's, the parachute, it's, it's so heavy that it would be like... Ugh. It seems like, like if it was one ton of metal, it would definitely fall. But since yeah. it's one ton of some sort of material like, like, spread out really far... And, and then, then it's it going to slow it down a bit. Definitely slow it down. It's going to catch some air. Yeah. So with the parachute and the fact that they cut it down to 50 megatons, they gave the pilots what percent of a fighting chance to live? 50, no more than like 50%. Yeah, 50% chance. Do you think you would do that? Would you, uh, man, would you be the pilot of a plane that only had 50% chance to survive? Yeah, I would modify it really good. You would do that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Dietrich, what do you think? Would you do that? Nope. No, I wouldn't do that either. I, I would do it. Hi, you it. are full on crazy. No, I'm not. I have my own mind of myself. You you want to be like a pioneer? You want to be like the... Yeah. Okay. I, I wanna can... I want to be a hard person. I can... From a military standpoint and from like a pioneer standpoint, I can understand that. But as your father... I'm a little scared for you. <laughs> I, 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 in, in theory, I would just do that. If, okay. if, if I was, if I was like, if I had to do it, I would do it. Okay. To save the world yeah, or something. To save the world. Like if I had to win a war. All right. So this bomb was 27 feet long. I was right. Hydrogen bomb, the Sarbama, the final version. Sarbomba. Sarbomba. Sorry. was 27 feet long, 7 feet in diameter, so that's how wide it was, and close to 30 tons with that parachute. Um, seven, wait, wait. Hold on. 7 feet. You were saying 7 meters. No, I was saying 8 meters and 7. 8 meters, that's roughly times 3, so 24. So, yeah, we're probably, it is probably right around 8 meters. Wait, um, wait, how much is 8 meters? Somewhere around like 26 or 27 feet, probably. Uh, 27 feet and then 7 feet. 
seven feet in diameter. Yeah. Right. All right. So then they did some tests in 1959. Again, looking at the like where we are in um, time. Yeah, I guess like a timeline. They first created it. Um, uh, let's see here. They the the bomb went off 1961, um, but they're doing test flights around 1959. So this was two years before the final bomb, like before the final bomb was finally developed. Um, so they were doing test flights on the TU-95V. And again, the V indicates that it was modified. Yeah. So if you look up on Wikipedia or anywhere on the internet, TU-95V, you'll only find the plane that dropped the SAR bomb. That's the only one of its kind, right? Oh, so there's only one There's of only it? one TU-95V. Um, so they were doing flight tests in 1959, and that included the release of a mock-up, like a fake what was called super bomb at that, at that point. Isn't that kind of crazy? They were dropping, like, fake bombs as a test. Like metal bombs? Just metal bombs? I don't know what it was. I'm guessing. Yeah, it might have just been hollow, you know? Um, like you said, it was a three-stage bomb, but it's it's kind of tricky. And again, I don't understand the science, but there's three parts. And the first part, the primary part, is a fission bomb. And what's fission again? Fission is when things are getting... Pulling apart. Because fusion yeah, yeah, yeah. is Fu together. Yeah, it's together. And fission, if you think of, like, the word fissure, that means, like, a crack, where fuse means, like, putting things together. Yeah, like, 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 fuse on a bomb, or, like, fuse on a rocket or something. Yeah, I wonder, okay, so I don't, so with the fission bomb, that's the part that's the, um, fission is pulling apart, and is, fusion, fusion is together, like, in the sun. Mm -hmm. We might be wrong. I don't know. So the first part was like uranium. And then I guess the next two parts, um, they're saying the secondary part was once the first bomb kind of goes off, it compresses the thermonuclear secondary part. And then that bomb then compresses the larger thermonuclear third stage. You were like bomb, bomb. And then third bomb, 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 <laughs> basically. Bomb, um, bomb, bomb, bomb. So then... What they did was they actually remember how they made the bomb in a warehouse. Uh huh. And then like they like built a train around. They built a train car around the bomb. Mm -hmm. Dietrich, have you seen that? No. So they made um. This is really arrogant. What do you mean arrogant? This is rude of Russia, but Russia basically made a. A film that they just released like a month ago like a month ago saying hey it's a you know we're getting close to our star bombers um anniversary. anniversary and it was also like 70 years or something of them testing um testing nuclear weapons uh -huh. and they were like oh we're such a good country so we're gonna release this like hour-long special documentary of the star bomba Right, and so they showed never before seen footage of them like making the bomb. So we saw, again, it's kind of crazy to see that coming from Russia today, where they're like, it's like propaganda, where they're saying Russia's number one, kind of. 
But it was cool to see behind the scenes, like them creating a train car around the bomb. Yeah, they, they could have just already had like a built-in train car and then they could just load the bomb in. Yeah, but that would take more time. And dangerous. What if you were like banging around the bomb, man? What if it just went off? Yeah, it's crazy. So they built the train car around the bomb, and then this train was a steam train. They brought the steam train to the military airport. Uh-huh, and then it was it was loaded onto, like, a tractor trailer. Which seemed kind of scary to me, don't you think? Yeah, it, we were like... It looked like, small and sh- and rickety, like, yeah, kind of shaky. Yeah, and, and it seemed like it was going to fall off the edge because, because it was, like... Like, they were, it was, like, really close to the edge of, like, the... It was really close to falling off, like, the back end. I don't know if I saw that, but, it, yeah, it was just... It just seemed dangerous. Yeah. Um, but, like, what Kai was saying was the bomb was never considered for, like, operational use because it would be such a slow bomber, such a big bomb, well, well, and it could be it, shot down at any point. Well, well, it's already, like, a slow bomber. Right, right. Yeah, it's already a slow bomber, and then you're like adding, like, 28 tons of material onto the plane. It would be so slow that fighters could be so fast and then just pew-pew and then shot it down. Pew-pew and then over. Um, so basically what they were saying was that the bomb itself was just Soviet propaganda. Dietrich, do you know what propaganda means? No. It's kind of a crazy word. So propaganda is like when any country, they create their own kind of news and it's about their own country to say like, we're pretty good. Uh-huh. So like USA does it sometimes and you'll see like, you know, USA videos of like us winning wars and stuff like that. Or, or like Trump saying we're the best of America. We're the best country in the world. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. yeah. Um, so that's what propaganda. Does that make sense, Dietrich? Yeah. So the, the bomb itself was Soviet propaganda where they were like, hey, look, our scientists are so good uh-huh. and we can make Wait, the biggest so, bomb. So, so the trailer... Back to the trailer. They they pulled the trailer <laughs> into like a special warehouse where they took apart the bomb. Not they a, tested yeah, it they again, tested right? It again. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they put it back together. They said everything looked good. They put it back on the trailer. Put it in. Put it into the bomber, and then on to the destination. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're coming up on the detonation part. The destination detonation. All right, Kai likes uh, like mixing words together. Like hot dog and cheeseburger. Cheese. That'd be chot dog. Chot dog and hot cheese. Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. <laughs> or like a, a spork. A spork and a food and a <laughs> spike and a, and a cork. A spork. <laughs> All right. So next and then, section. And then you can that? make a fly burger. A burger made out of fr- with flies inside. That would be a furger or a, uh, or a brise. What, what it would be a burger. Furger. Uh, uh, fr- uh, French fries and burgers? Yeah. Fr- <laughs> bur- brise and furgers. All right. Next, next section is going to be detonate. So the detonation of the bomb. Dietrich, why don't you talk us through, like, what you saw in some of those videos? Yeah. Well, I saw that there was a parachute on the bomb, 
I wonder why they needed the parachute. Well, the parachute, what it did was it slowed down the bomb. So the bomb was going to release at a certain height, a certain altitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had instruments on there that pretty much told the bomb what altitude it should explode at. So they wanted to slow it down so the plane could get as far away as possible before it exploded so Uh that the people on the plane could live. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So then what else did you see? Did you, did you see like that extreme explosion? Uh, well, in the video, I saw the explosion through the, like the helicopter windows. Uh Uh-huh. So, everything got bright, but that's all. I know, it just got really bright because the problem is it was so bright that, like, after a point, you can't really, like, record um, a certain brightness. You can't make it more brighter than white on a TV, right? Um, But there are, for example, the sun is brighter than white. Like, it's, it actually hurts you if you look at it. It'll hurt your eyes. But if you look at the sun on a TV, it would never, ever hurt your eyes. Because you're filming it, and it's just white. You're looking at white. Right, That's right. It. Okay. Oh, so, um, the mushroom cloud was seven times taller than Mount Everest. So if you stacked seven Mount Everest on top of each other, it would be that. The it would be taller than that. Yeah. That's, and Mount Everest is tall. Yeah, huge. Right? That's crazy, yeah. Um, the peak, the peak of the mushroom cloud was fifty nine miles high. Fifty nine miles high. Like into space. No. Hmm? No. Not in the space, yeah. No. But still, really. All right, hold on. I'm gonna back it up a little bit because they dropped it from thirty four thousand feet. Okay. And it fell for a minute. It fell for exactly a minute. And this was like, we're, we're, you can definitely watch this footage. If you're at home listening right now, you can go on YouTube and find and this footage. Yeah, yeah, just grab out your phone. Just look on Safari or YouTube, and then you can... Check see, it out, yeah. Yeah, you can do Sarbama video. The something. bomb detonated at 13,000 feet, which is either, you could say, either two and a half miles or about 4,000 meters yeah. above the ground kind of target. Um, and they, the reason that they detonated it above ground, do you know what the reason was, Kai? Why, instead of letting it hit the ground and exploding, why did they detonate it above ground? Because if, if they detonated it above ground, like, like, like above ground, then it would, it would, it, it would have a bigger radius of like explosion. Yeah, the explosion. They could maximize like the blast from the shockwave, right? Uh-huh. And all the damage that it did just to record it. Um, they weren't really trying to damage like, like mainland Russia, but yeah. they they weren't like trying to hurt the earth. <laughs> well, definitely that island they were trying to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this detonated at 11.32 Moscow time, which we, um, Dietrich and us, we live on the, uh, in the Eastern, Eastern Standard Time mm-hmm. um, zone. And so that, for us, that would be 4.32 a.m. But for them, it was like just before noon. Yeah. What do you mean just before noon? Like noon is 12 o'clock and it was really 11.32 just before then when the bomb went off. Does that make sense? Wait, 4 a.m.? 
if it was 4 a.m. here, like, for example, if it's 4 a.m. here, then, then in Moscow, it would be 11 a.m. Oh, so 4 a.m. is when we're, like, sleeping, right? Uh, right. So we're, like, a seven-hour difference. They're seven hours ahead of us. So so we would wake up at, like, 9, but we're, like, that, that they dropped the bomb at 4. Right. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Dietrich, do you understand that as well? So with time zones, do you know how the sun, it looks like the sun kind of goes around the earth? Yeah, but the earth goes around the sun. Exactly. So the sun will, the rays of the sun will hit Moscow before it hits us in Pennsylvania. Yeah, right? Like, when when, like, the earth spins around, it becomes nighttime because... When the earth spins around, it's our side spins away from the sun. Mm-hmm. And the dark side is the side that's not facing the sun. And at night, like, so everyone has a different night. Exactly. A different day. So, in... so, when it's, so when it's night for us, it's day for the people on the other side of the earth. Right. And kind, kind of like if it's like if it's like afternoon here, it would if we're watching a football game in if we're if we're in Pennsylvania and we're watching a football game all the way in like California, it would still be like like 12 o'clock instead of like three or four o'clock. Yeah, the, not that far. But yes, yes. You, you got the right idea. Now, Russia isn't on the opposite side of the world. Um, at least the Moscow time zone, mm-hmm. it's only about a quarter of the way. So it's, well, it's like halfway around the world, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, so the, when they get the sun, it takes us seven more hours for us to get the sun in the morning. Hmm, so they're like earlier than us. They're earlier than, the, than us. Their day comes, starts seven, seven hours earlier than ours does. I, wait, who... Does that make sense, Dietrich? Yeah. Okay. Do, do we start, like, seven hours ahead of some... some? Somebody else? Yeah, like, some states. Um, maybe, like, Hawaii. But I don't know what's part of the time. No, I think they are still in our... Because there's actually an international date line. Yeah. We're getting into all sorts of craziness. Um, okay. So, 11.32 Moscow time, there was a bright flash like we were talking about. And this was the fireball, the initial fireball of like extreme hot heat. And how many miles wide was it, Kai? Do you remember? Like seven or something? Five. Oh, I was close. I was you were very close, up. yeah. But still, like, imagine trying to escape from a five mile wide you would, fireball. And yeah, you you would be dead. You would be very dead. Now, the extreme flash that we saw, Dietrich, that actually lasted for 30 seconds. And the, the brightness from it, it didn't fade until after 70 seconds. That's like over a minute. Yeah, that's over a that's, minute. That's 10 seconds more than a minute. That people really, like, at least 30 seconds that people couldn't really see. No, no, why don't you just close your eyes? <laughs> sure, if you knew it was happening. Um, the shock wave, like the actual feeling uh, that it hit the earth, that actually triggered um, like earthquakes. 
uh, no, it felt like an earthquake. So the Richter scale where people measure uh-huh. um, like earthquakes. It, it went around the world seven or oh, three times. It did. It went, the shockwave went around the earth three times. It could be felt, it could be measured on like, the Richter like, scale. Like in a millisecond? Like, do, do, do. You know what? I don't know, man. That, do, do. I would, that would be an interesting thing to figure out. But the first shockwave measured five on the Richter scale. So a five, kind of 5.2 or something. Um, earthquake and then what about the pilots do you do you know about this Dietrich how the the pilots dealt with it uh uh no um well so there were pilots in the plane right well like the the crew member on the plane Mm -hmm. but they got hit by the shot like the blast right the shockwave so it's like it fell down and they needed to parachute out they didn't parachute out, from what I've read. I think they still stayed in there, but yeah, they they well they wait well they did a nosedive, a scary nosedive, and they and they lost one thousand feet. Yeah, so they the pilots felt the shockwave about seventy one miles away, whereas there's like the two planes, right, the bear uh-huh. and the badger. Uh-huh. The bear was the main one. They felt that seventy one miles yeah. away, yeah. and then the badger felt it about one hundred and twenty seven miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was the bear was mainly affected. They did a one kilometer nosedive. It's um, 1,000 feet, one kilometer? 1,000 meters. 1,000 meters is a, a, is a It's about, yeah, like 3,000, more than 3,000 feet, hmm. which is like, yeah. Okay, so then they... Um, they died for a They kilometer. did a nosedive, and then, they, you know, they were probably thinking we're all going to die. Don't you think yeah, that? Yeah, uh-huh. How would you feel, Dietrich, if you were on that plane and it started nosediving? Uh, I would try to get to the back of the plane. You think that so would be, just, like, and jump out? No, I get to the back of the plane, so when it hits the ground, like, the front hits the ground. And if the glass glass in the front shattered i would try to like hide in the back of the plane mm, okay but it's, so then like the front would take a lot of damage and i wouldn't be in the front when it took damage that's an interesting strategy maybe that would help you with, especially with the glass kai what would you do um i would go full crazy mode and take back control <laughs> full crazy mode and try to get it back yeah, under control yeah. i'm which is probably what they did um, but they did actually wind up again after a kilometer of nose dive, about a minute, I think they were saying that they were nose diving. No, 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 no. you're making up. Yeah, I'm, mis- I'm mixing up. Okay. But eventually they recovered. But what um, the light from that ba- blast could be seen 600 miles away. So you could actually see that blast from 600 and, miles and away. And window panes were shattered. With like in like Finland and Sweden. Yeah, really far away. Yeah, that's like a thousand miles away. All right, so the peak of that mushroom cloud that we were talking about, 59 miles high, it went, if we're talking about the atmosphere, it went above the troposphere where we get weather. Mm -hmm. It went above the stratosphere, which is where planes go up like into, and it went into the mesosphere, like deep into the mesosphere. And then went into the exosphere. Uh, no, that's it, mesosphere. But still, that's really high. Yeah, um, that's crazy but, high. 
That's crazy peak, high, yeah. Peaked at 59? 59 miles. Wow. And at 59 miles high, or roughly around there, that the top of the mushroom head was about 25 miles in diameter. 25 miles across. That's what, for, for the, from the mushroom cloud? Dude, like, like here's the tube, and then here comes out. Where it goes the, out, right? Yeah, the mushroom that, that's, cloud. That's spread out that far. 25 miles, right? Isn't that crazy? That's a lot. Yeah. Imagine trying to, like, run through that. Like, you, like, the, the smoke. <laughs> you, you, you could be able to walk on the smoke, but you couldn't, like, get out. You if you started you. running, it would take you, like, to run from one side of that mushroom cloud mm-hmm. to the other one. It would take you, how, like, how fast do you run? Would you run a mile? Um, let's say, like, let's say for you, like, 10 minutes. So it would be 250 minutes. How much is that, like? How many hours? Yeah. <laughs> 250, uh, roughly divided. Oh, I'm going to have to do some, like, longhand into 60, into 250. We're looking at, if I made that in a 50, that would be like, well, let's just say, let's just say 20 hours of running to go from one side of that to the other. My goodness. It's most of a day. (laughs) (laughs) I think lions sleep for that long. Maybe. 20 hours. What were you saying, Dietrich? Uh, If like, like after running, like, for like a quarter mile, you would get like tired already. <laughs> I know, but so, you would have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, you need to like walk slowly. So it would take a lot more than ten minutes. Maybe like three days or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then I'm gonna leave you with this one quote that I really like. There was a Soviet guy, a cameraman, he was I guess he was paid to like film it. Mm-hmm. Um he said the fireball the fireball, which is like that the bright ball of like the that we saw in the beginning. Yeah. The fireball was powerful and arrogant like Jupiter. It was like he was saying it was big and strong like Jupiter. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And and the and the fireball was as hot as the surface of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so we're gonna kinda like the center of the earth is hot is as, as hot as, as the surface of the sun. Or, no no no. The center of the Earth is, is it's as hot as the surface of the sun. That's right. No, I think that's in, in the middle. It's like rock. Uh, it is, but it's still hot. Oh, it's like hot I don't know rock, how that works, like, man. Like lava, like lava. Yeah. Rock. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna stop there, and we're gonna pick up with the aftermath, like all of the damage that happened after that. Oh, that's gonna be like twenty five minutes. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. Dietrich, you ready, Dietrich? Yeah. All right. So now we're going to talk about kind of the last part, the aftermath of the bomb. Math? Aftermath. I guess that just means what happened after the bomb exploded. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Kai, do you want to hit me up with some stuff? What happened? Well, there was a, there was a crater that was um, like two miles wide. It was uh, almost three miles wide, Ooh, a good. visible crater that you can actually still see today. Wow. And it's got like a lake inside, right? Yeah, like a mile-wide lake. Dietrich, did you happen to see that crater by any chance? No. 
I would say check that out. Look that up online. Oh, I thought you meant like visit Russia. No, not like did you go there? Did you see it? (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Yeah. Um, The bomb wound up being how like they were saying they were predicting 50 megatons. But how how um, what was the yield, the actual yield that they measured? A hundred megatons. No. Wait, huh? What? They initially made a bomb that was good. They designed a bomb. Zakharov designed a bomb that was going to be 100 megatons. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, no, that's crazy. We're going to make it 50 megatons. But when they exploded it, they detonated it. Mm -hmm. It wound up being how many megatons? Do you know? 50. Mm -mm, It was a little bit more. Um, 60? Close. It was 58 megatons. What? For what? The explosion. Oh. So it was more than they predicted. Wow. It was more kind of, powerful. Kind of, like, kind of like with um, Castle Bravo. Yeah. So let's go back to that. Castle Bravo, again, was the U.S. And they theirs was 50 me- 15 megatons, whereas Hiroshima, the bomb on Hiroshima was 15 kilotons. So like a thousand times more. Now, Castle Bravo was the biggest one at that point, 15 megatons. And then here we are with the Sarbama, 58 megatons, and it's 3,000 times the yield of the Hiroshima bomb. And Nagasaki combined? No. If we combined them, it would be roughly 15,000 times. Just Hiroshima? Yeah, just Hiroshima. Right. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, And then I'm going to give you some other stats. Out of all the conventional explosives that were used in World War II, this was 10 times the combined energy. So if you, like all the grenades, all the bombs, anything that exploded in World War II, if you did that times 10, that would equal the explosion power of the Sarbama. My goodness. Isn't that crazy, crazy, Dietrich? Yeah, ten times. If ten you, times. If you double that, so if you if you did World War Two, ten times. Ten times. You had ten World War Twos. That would be enough explosive. <laughs> ten World War Twos. That would be up to like seven World War Seventeen or something. <laughs> Too much. World War Twelve. World War Twelve, right? <laughs> um, and then you do. You know the Krakatoa eruption, 1883? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, a really, have you heard of that, Dietrich, the Krakatoa explosion? It was like um, a volcano. No. It was a really big volcano that exploded. Was that, is Krakatoa the one that's in Italy? No, you're thinking of Vesuvius. Ves- Vesuvius. Where's yes. Krakatoa? I don't know. I think when Krakatoa erupted, it's like you know how the how like when some so, volcanoes go like yeah, like the top is kind of yeah, flat. Yeah, it like exploded down to half of it. It exploded it, like the top off. Yeah, it did. And yeah. then there was only like because there was it was like plugged up. But anyway, it was a quarter of the power of the Krakatoa eruption, which means if you did four Sarbamas would equal the Krakatoa explosion. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That, that would mean like 14 World War Twos or something. <laughs> right? And then... We should, do like a, we should do like an after podcast on that. Like how many World War Twos does a, does a Sarbama take to do something? Or do something <laughs> like that. 
Um, and then another crazy stat is that all of the combined nuclear tests up to the date of the Sarbama. The, the Sarbama was 10% of all the nuclear tests in the world. That's right. Up to that point. Yeah. 10%. It's a lot. That's a lot. And then you still have 90 more percent. Right, for, which is crazy. For Castle Bravo so, and Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The initial explosion for 34 miles wide, all buildings were completely destroyed, no matter what building. Flat. Completely flat or gone. What about, what about like a, a 34 mile radius? Obama. Yeah, and that means basically that it would have completely wiped out Paris. Which is why they're saying, they're calling the bomb a city-sized explosion. Isn't that crazy? Goodness. Yeah, and we looked at that. There's the yeah, one the website that you can go on, Nuke something. Nuke me. Nuke. And you can set up the explosion and see how big it is on, for example, Philadelphia or whatever city Wait, you live only, in. Only, only, oh. only Sarbama or anything? Uh, any bomb, really, because you tell them how big it is. Dietrich, have you used that site before? Uh, my dad has something like that about nukes, and you can try out any nuke, nuclear weapon that was used in any place you want. That's crazy. Have you tried it with, like, Sarbama-type uh, explosion? I want to get that. Dad did it with Sarbama. That's crazy. Where did you do it? Did you do it close to you? Uh... I'm pretty sure we did it on Philadelphia. Did it completely explode Philadelphia? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. A complete explosion of yeah. Philadelphia. Because Philadelphia is not more than like 64 miles or 68 miles. Aren't like cities, they're not like that. They're not like very, very big. But it's just because, like, there's all this room in one space. Yeah, like, so many people that live there, so many little roads and houses and buildings. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, Okay, so then, again, even further out, 170 miles radius, Mm -hmm. 170 miles out from that initial blast, heat was felt. People could feel heat 170 miles away. That's a lot. Yeah, and then if we, like triple that or double that 430 miles away the shock people could feel the explosion what? 430 miles away people felt the earth shake and then what? all the way back in sweden and finland um they could feel window panes like crack. switzerland yeah 560 miles away the window panes actually broke like shattered yeah it was that's worse. crazy it was worse farther away what's that was it worse, worse farther away? No, it wasn't worse, but it's it was bad enough that the, window I wave. guess the shock wave was still strong enough to break windows. That's a lot That's shock wave power. Oh, you know what they were saying? I read the, I, maybe it was a video. They were saying basically with the atmosphere, the explosion, they thought, Somehow it got reflected off the atmosphere and then it made it even further instead of going up. I don't know how, like, it's, it has to do with the pressure of the, the higher atmospheres. 
Wow. And that's why it went like even farther than they thought it was going to And it would explode. be like, here's Cole Peninsula and here's a Sabrina Island and then we'll be <laughs> a big explosion. Yeah. Right. And then here's the crazy part. The, in Scandinavia, um, so what we're talking about is like Norway and all those kind of places in Greenland, there was n- like noticeably spiked radiation that was measured that far away. So they were like, they could measure the radiation all the way in like Norway and well, but, but the, but, and the shock, but the shock wave went all the way around the world three times, so. Yeah, but the radiation are actual particles, oh. right? It's not yeah. just like. The shock wave. It's not just vibrations. It's actual particles that made it to Scandinavia. Wow. Yeah. And so. Basically, basically, what that means is that there was international outrage, like the global community, U.S., England, um, and plenty of other places were like, this is ridiculous that Russia did this. this is so dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the planes that were close by. There was the, a KC-135. Right, the Stratotanker. That was actually a U.S. Um, plane that was like hanging around. There, the paint on it, like it was scorched and melted. Like, what do you mean melted? Like the paint melted. Oh, and there was no paint left on it. I don't, I don't know the exact extent. We'll, but... we'll, we'll talk about a KC one thirty five refueling air tanker in a different video. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. All right, and then some of the, the other, like past the damage, some of the things that happened was the pilot. Um, was given the hot, not the pilot, I'm sorry, I'm saying the pilot, but it was really like the, maybe the pilot was the major guy. He was given the highest award of the Soviet Union, it's called the Hero Award, and he was immediately promoted to Lieutenant Colonel. So like, bam, you're like a really important person in the Army, just because you... You mean the Air Force? uh, Well, in the whole military, right, that's what I meant. And then the scientist, uh, do you remember the scientist uh, Zakharov? Oh, yeah, Andrew Zakharov. He, uh, like, almost immediately after the bomb went off, he started speaking out against nuclear bombs. He's like, this is crazy. Let's stop doing it. And uh, much later in his life, um, he actually got the Nobel Peace Prize. So they awarded him a prize for speaking against nuclear bombs, even though he was the one that designed it. It's a little crazy, but what happened was, how do you think Russia felt about him speaking against Russia? They put him in a little, like a town or a city, and they like got in his way and like yelled at him. They annoyed him and they they, um, like extricated him. They they moved him to a different area, you're right. Uh Um, And then uh, Russia never said anything about the deaths. What do you think, Dietrich? Do you think people died from this? Uh, Zalbama. Yeah. Well, cause, like, in videos they said that people died. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna guess, like, 12 people died. Tw- that's it? So here's the issue. We already know that people, like, kind of lived on the island or were at least close to the island, right? Right, Dietrich? Yeah. And those people could have died from the blast. Mm-hmm. Like, bam, dead right away. Mm-hmm. And then 
They were saying like that animals like lost their eyesight. Yeah, like, like on mainland like, Russia, like third degree burns. Yeah, so I'm. I feel like even more people actually died from the blast. And then on top of that, you have nuclear fallout, the radiation. Uh huh. And I feel like that could have caused birth were... defects or um, cancer for sure, like thyroid cancer. It gets. Ooh, um... But that was one of the cleanest shockwaves. True. So Russia has not posted any, like, they have not disclosed any deaths. They have not said that anybody died. Of yeah. course, they're, they're trying to hide it. They're yeah. trying to make it seem like yeah. it was a really good thing. But you're right, Kai. It was actually one of the cleanest nuclear bombs because 97% of the total yield was from thermonuclear fusion, which what that winds up meaning is that there was like only 3% of that had like radiation fallout. But still, there was definitely radiation from that. Yeah, and they're trying, and Russia's trying to hide like the little bitsy bitsy parts like that would. People dying, animals yeah. dying. Uh-huh. They yeah. Wanna, they like... yeah, radiation spikes in other parts of the world, mm-hmm. for sure. What do you think, uh, Dietrich? How many people do you think actually died? Mm, maybe like a thousand. A thousand? Like That's two. a little overestimated. I think I'm going to guess like 300. I don't know, man. I don't know. One a thousand sounds reasonable to me. I, I almost like, you know, you can't really tell where cancer comes from because sometimes it starts... It starts, um, like, growing, let's say, two, three, five years later. So you can't really say, oh, I got cancer from the Sarbama. But people die from cancer, like, every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can't really ever know how many people got it. Yeah. You can only guess, considering, like, the, there's a spike in cancer cases around Russia. But, of course, Russia would never say we... that that happened. Yeah, because <laughs> right? they want to hide it. Yeah, because they don't want, like, they don't want anyone knowing that, like, they let people die. They, of they, course. They, 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 wanna, they don't want to know that, like, they're a bad country. Of course, right. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't help their propaganda. Yeah. Right? All right. All right, everybody. That's uh, that's our podcast. That's kind of all we have to talk about yeah. um, today. Uh, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, um, it's about it's been about like two and a half hours, but before we or um, since we started recording. Yeah, since we started recording. Yeah, it's you know it's, it's a long process, but we've we've been hung in there. And Dietrich, you've hung in there like a champ. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I would go crazy and take back control of the plane and steer Okay, <laughs> right. Guy wants to save the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, if you guys have any ideas on what you would like for a uh, upcoming podcast, yeah, just uh, text us. Text the no. Let's go with the email. Okay. Yeah. And we're at unschoolingwithkai. That's K-A-I at gmail.com. Um, and I don't know. Oh, the next podcast that we're going to be doing oh, is Wild Dogs. I think we're going to do that with our uh, with, with Ananya. We'll see if Ananya wants to join yeah. us again. Is that going to be another like four podcast, four episode podcast? No, maybe like two, one or two. All right, we'll try to keep it short. Yeah, um, keep it and then 
Dietrich said he was interested in doing like a deep sea creature yeah. podcast. And we're and later we're gonna put these this on these on YouTube, and then we're I want to sort them into playlists like um like <laughs> like animals, and then military, and then like, vehicles, vehicles, and big then, bomb explosions. <laughs> no, no bo- big bomb explosions is in military stuff. So oh, okay, right. Yeah, so we can. All right. Well, that's it for today. Um, thanks for listening. And if we, you, if you have any request, just email us. Email us, and um, I guess that's it. Yeah, and I also have um, three dog stuffed animals: Snowy, Snippers, and Whitney. That's important to say right now. Mm-hmm. Very important. Well, Dietrich, well, do you have anything you want to say, man? Uh, no. Okay. All right, well, see you, everybody. You guys want to say bye? Bye. Bye.